What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV. You can subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. And of course, you can download the latest episodes at WMR.FM. In this episode, we're going to be talking about something that is near and dear to my heart, which is the notion that I can't do my job, the idea of quickly collecting client uh, content and site information and joining us for that conversation. Really excited to have uh, someone here from a company called Content Snare. I'd like to welcome James Rose. James, welcome to Press This. David, it's really cool to be here. I got to say, it's uh, pretty close to my heart as well. Nice, nice, nice. I, I remember my agency days. This was always a, a a struggle as I as I worked on clients and and had to get information and everything from like the content for the pages to even just simple things like their SFTP info or hosting mm-hmm. account info and things like this. And I remember it getting so bad, like. Uh, some clients, I would never even get it and have to like just abandon the project altogether. So like, that's why this is so like uh, emotional for me, this topic. Um, but I think there's probably a lot of folks listening that kind of share the, the same frustration. So really like- Oh yeah. It's very much, very common theme in among freelancers and agency owners for sure. Oh, totally, totally. So I'm really, uh, really excited for this. I think there's probably a lot of people out there right now. And I think I put this in the show description is like, you have time, you're waiting for clients to send you stuff, listen to this episode. So <laughs> I guess we got to deliver on that now, James. All right, well, let's kick us off. Um, I'm gonna ask you the same question I ask everybody else in the beginning. I'm really curious about it. I'm actually don't know this about you, but briefly tell me your WordPress origin story. When was <laughs> the first time you used WordPress? 
Yeah, I think it must have been around 2007 or eight. Uh, I was, this is before agency days, before we built any software. It was during uh, the quote unquote uh, AdSense gold rush when you just knocked up cheap, <laughs> cheap sites to oh, yeah. try and to try and rank them on Google and then make money off AdSense. And I think I had, I don't know, at one time, probably 15 websites that I'd built uh, with full of AdSense and content. Uh, yeah, and obviously... I realized at some point that those sites are pretty rubbish. Are you retired stop, stop now? Isn't, isn't that, <laughs> you not get rich quickly? <laughs> Look, I was doing okay as a, as a side gig, you know, as this kind of thing I was doing at night, uh, side of my real job, my daytime job as an engineer. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's what kicked off my entire business career. So I, you know, I have, it does hold a spot in my heart, you know, even though it was building terrible websites. What were you doing before 2007, 2008? You said you were an engineer, like a software engineer or like a- uh, Control in- systems, automation. So easiest way to describe that's probably uh, creating interfaces for humans to control machinery. So okay, computers okay. that control machines and pump stations and stuff like that, yeah. I'm, I'm probably misquoting here, but I believe Tanya Mork has a similar background, but more from like the military perspective. Oh, cool. Uh, I remember she was really into control systems. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but she's taught a lot of people to develop uh, WordPress sites. So 2007, 2008, you're not working in websites or, or you know, web software in that way. Um, and uh, this is right around the time when widgets and short codes were introduced. Did that matter to you at the time, or were you just like building a website and WordPress was a thing? Uh, yeah, look, it wasn't. A, I was definitely using widgets uh, for sidebar stuff, you know, because that's where you put the ads. <laughs> um, so I definitely remember using that, using widgets. Sorry, um, I don't remember caring too much about short codes at the time. Uh, you know, we. It, once we built the agency, which was later on in 2014, obviously all of this was, was much more important. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. So kind of a means to an end there for your, yeah. your ad sense uh, arbitrage strategy. So <laughs> I remember those days quite well. Um, you yeah. said you'd founded an agency in 2014, but your, your current uh, focus in your business is around content snare. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. What, so- what is a content snare? Uh, Content Snare is our uh, SaaS product. Uh, it was originally targeted at uh, freelancers and agencies to collect website content from clients. And that that was born out of our frustration with getting website content from clients. I think um, we also, you know, it wasn't just us that had that problem, obviously. Like we were saying, everyone's kind of got their story, but I interviewed a whole bunch of designers locally as well. Of course, uh, pretty much all of them used WordPress. I think actually all of them did. Uh, and every single one of them focused on that same problem as being the biggest bottleneck in their business. Uh, you know, that wasn't without, that was without me prompting. I wasn't going, oh, is getting content a problem? No, I was just saying like, step me through your process. Where are the pitfalls? And uh, that was the biggest thing that came up with everyone. Yeah, I know a lot of people uh, share that frustration. And, uh, you know, we've covered quite a bit on Press This, the, the, the notion of kind of businesses evolve, the product businesses evolving out of agency businesses. Mm. That's good to hear. Um, you kind of had that very intimate knowledge and experience with the pain point you ended up uh, there addressing with Content Snare. So I'm just curious, like, um, and, you know, I mean, related back to Content Snare or, or generally, but just like, what are the common kinds of information that you think agencies need to build a client site? Like what's in this, what's in the sphere of content? Like I was talking about things like access info and stuff, but like, how do you think about it? 
Yeah, so there's two, I'd say, typical ways we see people collecting content or information. It doesn't have to be content. One is when the client does not actually write the final copy. So instead, it's more of like a creative brief process where they're collecting information from the client that the uh, someone, you know, a copywriter or someone on the team is going to use to convert that into the final copy. So, um, and that can be a mix of actual content and, you know, questions, you know, so tell me about your business, tell me about your services, whatever. And someone's going to rewrite that into content, but then you might also be collecting team bios and headshots and, you know, logins and all that sort of stuff, which is very much stuff that's going to be used directly on the final site. Uh, so that's like the first process we see people going through. Uh, and the second one is, yeah, just direct the client writes the content for the, for the website. And obviously that's, I mean, for most people, that's just pages, right? Just uh, very rarely blog posts, but some people collect blogs too. Uh, I guess I'm trying to work out when you, when you say types of content, that's <laughs> well, I'm just like, cause like in the beginning of the interview, I kind of had mentioned, you know, the notion of things like authentication information mm. into their site. So you can migrate it into your development environment and start working yeah. on it. Like, do you feel like, like you think of that type of information when you think about getting content from customers yeah. or is this, okay. So that would be like part of that bucket is like the information from a systems perspective that you need to get going. Yeah. The, the real, the thing is anything that you're going to ask clients for in an email or a Google doc or a form or something where there's quite a bit of information that you need uh, that that's what people use content snare for. So, that, and I mean, well, not just content snare, it's for anything. So, you know, a lot of times it'll be an email that says, uh, can you answer these five questions and then fill out this Google doc or go and fill out this form. So, you know, there's multiple channels usually, and it's made up of all kinds of things that can be logins. You know, some people, uh, you know, the more security conscious among us collect logins via the phone sometimes, you know, just to, keep so the password's not being shared shared oh, I'm, I'm right there with you yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, or password managers like that kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. so uh you know there's usually multiple channels to bring in all that that information but yeah the, the second type you know there's plenty of agencies out there that it's more about volume than it is sort of bespoke so websites and they just collect the direct content from the client. They're like, I want your about page content, your con contact page content, your home, you know, all that sort of stuff uh, just directly from the client. Okay. So it sounds like there's kind of roughly three buckets, like the client or, or kind of three approaches. The client is going to give you a brief or answer questions and you're going to write, your team's going to write the copy. Uh, the second mode, I guess the client is writing the copy uh, and, and you're uh, implementing it in the experience, in the website. And then I guess the third class would be just like a, a general like systems info or just other mm -hmm. stuff you might need to complete the project. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good it summary. Sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like being like really holistic in how you think about it. Cause I mean, obviously we're kind of building up to like, well, how do I get this stuff faster? But mm -hmm. it sounds like just like holistically thinking like it might just be more than just like literally the website content. Yeah, of fair? course. Yeah. And honestly, that's actually been you know, a lot of people don't sort of make that connection. They use content snare for the website content and then go, oh, wait, uh, you know, I can use this for onboarding <laughs> and just normal info. Well, yes, it's a form. You can basically a form, a special kind of form that you can collect whatever you want. Uh, and it's quite funny because I, you know, I have, I've had this product for five years or whatever at this point, four years. And I was working on an automation uh, consult or implementation of like Zapier 
I don't know how many people are familiar with Zappy, but I was implementing processes and automations in this, this woman's business. And I sent her a question list with like 20 things in it and was like, what am I doing? Like, I have a product for this. Why am I sending an email? <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. So yeah. like, it's it's really, I guess maybe info snare doesn't really roll off the tongue like content no. It's being open-minded about what this information is. I want to yeah. dig into the, like, like, what are the hardest parts and then kind of building up to like how to resolve them. Um, we're going to mm. take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. We're in the middle of our episode covering quickly collecting client content and site info. And we, uh, joining us for that conversation is James Rose of Content Snare. James, before the break, you were kind of talking about like the different modes and, and types of information that agencies and freelancers will collect for client projects. You talked about the client's writing the copy, the client isn't writing the copy, copy, and then like just this general and more broad notion of info you might need to, to get up and going. In your view, what is the hardest type of information for clients to provide and why do you think it's so hard for them to do that? Yeah, it's, it's going to be copy. It's always copy. Like it, the, if you're collecting the, the exact wording that you want to use on the website, that's by far the most difficult. And that's because they're not copywriters. Uh, they often don't understand. I mean, it took me 10, probably five, six years, a good part of my career in business so far, given that I was an engineer. It's probably taken me more than half of that decade to unlearn how to sell to engineers and to learn how to sell to the rest of the population. Uh, and that's kind of how I see clients as well. You know, they're doing, they're not good at marketers. They're not good copywriters a lot of the time. So for them, it's very difficult to, to craft copy without a good level of guidance. You know, any, anything that's going to appear on the website directly is clients can often struggle with. I mean, every, everything else, like answering questions, like what are your products and services? Of course, that's easy for them. Uh, you know, maybe some of the harder questions are things like, what's your what makes you better than the competition but they're obviously good things for them to think through but the hardest thing is you know you, if you go and say you know give me your homepage content that's always going to be difficult for a client is it a writer block level of difficulty or is it more like they give you copy and it, you just have to like completely redo it or you're going back and forth all the time or is it all of that it is all of that I, i'd say the 
most common story I hear is just that it has to be completely redone. You know, they'll whether it's too long or they don't give you enough, you know, they'll write a headline that's three sentences long, or they'll they'll write an about blurb that just goes on and on and on, or um, or it's just copy that doesn't really sell the business well enough. So it's like when they, they it, it is either writer's block or time, maybe time is another blocker for them. Yeah. Um, or they're giving it to you in a format that's not usable or not going to achieve their outcomes. And so you're having to go back and forth. And I, I, of course, I mean, shoot, I still deal with this today, but like <laughs> uh, you have this kind of back and forth that'll kind of slow you down and like chew up your margins and stuff. And, um, and so that's a big challenge. Any other like m- main areas? And then I want to kind of get into... Um, some of the ways that folks can go about collecting it more easily. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that people struggle with are images. So uh, often clients don't have, you know, professional photography or whatever for their website. So you have to resort, a lot of people resort to stock photos, which isn't the greatest. Uh, but even just general images that you think the client should have like a logo, you know, the amount of times I've heard a story of where they've asked, the client for a logo and they get some like 14 pixel high thing uh, <laughs> that they can't use. So definitely images are a pain point as well. Am I the only person who had trouble getting like SFTP and hosting authentication information? Like I felt like that was like every project <laughs> I would call my project managers. I'm like, why haven't we started this? Or like, we can't get the site. Like, is it, am I the only one? Jamie? Oh no, nope, definitely okay. not. I, <laughs> I had to yeah, like give I, someone a two thousand dollar deposit back because they could never find any of their admin info. Yeah, like, it was just like really. Definitely happened to me too. Uh, I had yeah many clients where they couldn't remember their domain login or whatever, couldn't remember their hosting login, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was a big issue for sure. I, the, my favorite ones were when they were working with an IT company that held their hosting and i could just go to them and say can you tell me where everything is please (laughs) yes yes you know what you know what i feel like and i didn't get to take advantage of this is my agency days as much because they just came out with these was is the migration plugins like i feel like the migration like everybody has wp admin access like i feel like that's a a given with these folks but maybe you know what that they that has saved my life many times where i couldn't get anything else uh but we were planning on like shifting from some old rubbish hosting uh so but then we could go in there with the migration plugin and rip everything else out that we needed (laughs) yeah no that's 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 uh i wish i'd had that lever back in those days um it it definitely can become an issue Mm. for sure okay so i'll quit i'll quit harping on things that are important to me uh, (laughs) i still have like shell shock from that i think um but what is an example of you know, how agencies get it wrong when collecting this information. Like, I, I mean, I don't know if I had a system. I just kind of, you know, DM'd my PMs and asked them, like, do we have it yet? And they're not yet. Like, uh-huh. what, what, what are, what are, like, when, what, what was I doing wrong? Or what do others do wrong when they try to collect this info? Yeah. I, so the biggest, I guess maybe the easiest way to start is by seeing, explaining what we've seen work in getting content faster. And that is creating a really good level of guidance and instructions of what the client should do. So, so break, sorry, I should have back up a little bit to break it down into pieces as well. Right. So the, the classic awful way of doing things is sending someone a Google doc that says homepage content across the top and saying, Mr. Client, please give me your homepage content in this Google doc. And of course they have no idea where to start. 
you know that, that that's obviously the worst possible example um but one page is the worst example i feel like well, the whole website's <laughs> where the content is the worst because you're saying like <laughs> one page is too much like you just oh, no, no, no. Like, like part of the page is that, i mean i, I mean the blank. like I, I get it but like <laughs> i just want to follow this through yeah no i'm only like the blank page part like the fact that you know that's that's just the worst because i don't like oh the biggest thing to remember is a client can't visualize the web as well as you can when you know as a web designer or you know marketing person you've probably got a pretty good picture in your mind of what a website's going to look like how it's going to function you know you're building this picture as you talk to the client the client might have a bit of an idea but nowhere near what you do so if you go and send them a page that says put your homepage content here they're just not, not going to know where to start they're going to write the wrong things stuff that's unusable for you so the two things are breaking it down into chunks so that could be okay now we're going to do the header section and then within the header we've got a headline We've got a, you know, it could be a hero image. It could be a video, whatever you're planning on putting on the site. Uh, it could, there's probably going to be a subhead or, and a button, you know, where, where does the button go? What's it say on the button that, you know, so just actually breaking it down into all the little pieces that you're going to need from a client. And then, uh, then providing some guidance on how to fill out each of those little pieces of information. So, you know, don't just say, I need a hero image. Like, what's the hero? What should it be of? A hero image should be something that shows the client after they've used your services. It's like the end state of the like where they're going to be after they've used your product. Um, you know, it needs to be at least two thousand pixels wide. You know, actually specifying what they need to do uh, just for that image, for example. And then for the headline, it's like it should be six to twelve words, no fluff. Um, say what your say what you do and is. I don't know. And what the benefit is, is a short, as few words as possible and maybe even linking out to a guide uh, on, on how to write headlines. So the more instructions, obviously without going crazy, but the more instructions you can give people, uh, the more success you're going to have. That's the biggest thing we find uh, in people that are successful with even a tool like Content Snare is the amount of help they try to give to their clients, the amount of guidance. So, uh, you know, and then the, the level above all this coming on from, you know, the fact that clients can't visualize as well as you is to actually put a mock-up or a screenshot in. So this is what the head is going to look like. This is where the image is going to be displayed. This is where the headline is going to go, all that kind of stuff. It couldn't be a wireframe. It doesn't have to be a, um, you know, final mock-up because obviously you probably haven't finished the website at, <clears throat> at this point of the build. Uh, but, as, as long as you're, you know, you make it very clear that the final website is not going to look like the actual wireframe because I, <laughs> clients will definitely assume that. <laughs> I've seen it happen I, before. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that. I feel like, I mean, I think this is really good advice just in general. And thinking back and I was just kind of replaying some of my old projects in my head as I heard you talking and I would build a page in my head and it was very clear what we were building to me, but it wasn't to them. Mm. I think I, I probably spent a lot of time assuming that they saw it the same way and they didn't. Mm. Um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned the wireframes and providing the imagery along with the copy. I think I see a lot of people do that as well, where it's like, here, just put it in this doc and have no concept of visually how it's going to look. Um, and I, I definitely see clients getting caught up in that in terms of like providing the wireframe. I've had that. I've had that. I've, had that turn out bad i think sometimes if you show like yeah. too early work and it i think it just depends on the client you know like whether they whether they're comfortable in that messy middle or not 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely can cut both ways. I do want to dig in a little deeper there. We're going to take our last break. We'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. We're talking to James Rose about collecting client content and site info. Right before the break, James, you were talking a little bit about um, really how to, how to go about collecting client info in the, quote, right way. Um, and you talked about breaking it down. You talked about providing guidance on each piece of content down to like character counts and like advice on how to pick your images and stuff. Um, and then right before the break, you were, you were kind of getting into like, you're saying like share the, the wireframe and like that cuts both ways, right? That's what I was saying before yeah. the break. But like, is that what you've experienced? Uh, yeah. So it's none of this is blanket advice. I mean, making things easier for your client is blanket advice. So, you know, that's what the, the breaking it down and, uh, and guidance is, you know, everyone should be doing some level of that, the, the, but the, the core principle is making things as easy as possible for your clients. And for some clients, a wireframe works, you know, they can look at that and, and uh, visualize maybe how the clients, at least how the website's going to be laid out. And then they know where the headline's going to go and whatever. But some clients really struggle with wireframes. You're right. Uh, and it really depends on if you're willing to be flexible in your process. Uh, some people, it's just their process. You know, we wireframe the website, then we collect the content. Uh, and it's too bad if the, the client can't work it out. But I mean, I feel like education goes a long way here. So if you have a little video that goes along with your process for the client and you actually step them through the process and explain how the wireframe works and how it's not the final website, that goes really long way. You know, so this is just part of the, that guidance piece again. But there's, you know, I feel like a lot of people avoid video because it's, I don't know, difficult, uh, adds like an extra thing they have to do, but there's a lot, of, there's a lot of parts that are easier about it. I think, cause like, you don't have to type out the instructions. You can just like mm. talk into a camera and microphone and like re mm. record it there, there, for, for instructions where you don't necessarily have to have like a super high production value. I found video actually be very helpful. Yeah. hundred percent, especially with something like loom where you click the button and you you're off and you're recording. Uh, so that's, you know, and that's why we accept loom videos directly into content snare in the instructions areas, because, you know, it's just, we, we Vimeo and YouTube have that extra layer where you've got to upload something. Whereas loom, you just click the button, talk to the client. You can make a personal video for directly them, you know, showing them their exact wireframes and, and questions that you're asking. Uh, with your face on it, well, it doesn't have to be. You could be screen sharing your voice, uh, and and then just embed it, uh, and and they can watch it, and they're going to be in a much better position than, you know, if you just throw them the questionnaire and say fill this out. That's cool. You have the Loom integration. I haven't used that platform for video, but it sounds cool. I'll have to check it out. 
Um, what other special things do you have in content snare? Like I've, I've heard you talk about like things like providing guidance on like the number of characters that they should fill out. Is that like mm. kind of features in content snare? Help me understand, like what are some of these specialized approaches y'all take to help agencies and freelancers achieve this outcome? Yeah, okay. So the biggest way to think, the easiest way to think of content snare is like a form cross Google doc. So you lay out the different pieces of information that you need like a form uh but it's it saves everything on the fly like a google doc so you know you can say put a headline here put an image here and as soon as it's uploaded it's locked in it's saved so if they close the window and come back later it's still there which is the big downside of using a form for this kind of info is they'll you know the guarantee they'll lose their information uh, which we can get into later if you want to talk about some other ways to collect this um besides content snare but the so oh, the no, features I'm curious about content snare for sure go ahead yeah so so the main features uh, that I mean, the people seem to love uh, the auto saving thing. So it's kind of like a free flowing doc, but also, um, yeah, you can limit each piece. So if it's an image, you can say, this is the minimum dimensions will allow this is the maximum dimensions. If you're uploading a file, you can say, these are the file types we allow and how big it's got to be uh, with text. Yeah. It's like uh, um, character length or word length, uh, like word count um, that, that it will allow from them. Uh, so these are more like restrictions on each field, whereas the guidance is just every single question. We have a full rich text area where you can provide guidance on how to fill that piece out. So, and that, that takes images. So that's where you can put wireframes in or examples. It can take videos like Loom, Vimeo and um, YouTube and, and obviously just full rich text. Well, that's but, really yeah, cool. You can put a little checklist in there and say, these are the things you need to cover in this blurb. You know, then this about blurb, and this is how long it needs to be, and then they just fill it out in their own time. And the final, I guess, feature that people really love are their automatic reminders. So it'll actually keep chasing them until they've done it. I like it. I like it. Why didn't you mm. found this when I was running my agency, Jit? <laughs> I've heard this many times. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, I hope oh. folks listening will check it out and uh, maybe get mm. some value out of it. If not, the the sound advice I think you've given here today in this interview, James. Thank you so much for joining us today. David, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Of course, of course. Uh, for those listening, if you'd like to learn more about what James is up to, you can check out contentsnare.com. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.